Welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast. It's a show produced by Hot Chocolate Media where we make up a movie really fast for you based on a random suggestion from the internet. I'm your moderator today. My name is Jacob Gulliver, and statistically speaking, I probably have herpes. As always, we are joined by three of the Hollywood elite. We have our writer, Kyle Decker, who is Nick Cage's accent coach on the upcoming Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse movie. We have our director, Ben Lifson, who's the costume designer on House with a Clock in Its Walls. We have our producer, Max Savage, who is the resident blacksmith on the upcoming Aquaman movie. Welcome, gentlemen. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you. Let's With, do this. Without further ado, your prompt for today. The theme of this story is an allegorical caper. The main character is a drunken secretary. The start of the story is a promotion. The end of the story, education. All right, all right. So our secretary is a, a long, struggling millennial who finally landed a nice high five-figure job working in the administration office of a big, multi-level marketing firm. He knows he's probably, or they know they've probably sold their soul. Let's call them Reggie, and that could be short for Regina or Reginald. I, I really don't care the gender of the actor. So Reggie uh, was working, you know, for the first time as a millennial, they're making their payments on their student loans and afford a nice apartment and like and go out to eat and buy gifts for people. And it's great. But Reggie starts actually doing some research on like the practices of the MLM and everything and find out that uh, they're, they're an essential oils company mostly and find out that there's a lot of side effects that the company is sweeping under the rug and keeping quiet and uh, changing people. And then she finds out, she finds a memo in her boss's office. One of the oils they released causes shrinking in humans. And it's really bad, and she has to uh, try and stop it before it gets out. But it, it does get out on uh, these three school kids who are playing pranks and on each other. They're doing, like, if you ever did the thing with Axe body spray where you duct tape it out and throw it in your friend's room so it would spray all over the place. They did something. They do these three kids do a prank like that. They end up shrinking each other. And she has to help these small, tiny little boys get into the lab of the MLM to save themselves. So there's kind of a reverse caper and everything. Through the way, she learns that capitalism is evil and all, but it's not worth selling your soul out even for comfortability. But they end up taking down the MLM. And it's this great caper. Everyone ends up... uh, getting what they deserve, both good and bad. Uh, it's kind of a happy ending. The Our Millennial ends up in a nice nonprofit job that doesn't pay as much, but they feel good about their soul at the end of the day. It would be really awesome uh, in the second act where we have our height, or actually none of the third act finale is the three-inch schoolboys team up with Reggie to uh, climb through the vents and everything and do some kind of Ant-Man caper stuff in the MLM where they like are raiding in the computer lab, but they're they're doing it with like kind of schoolboy pranks and everything, but they're just three inches tall. It'll be great. We'll, we'll we'll hopefully can put cameras like do a lot of miniatures work and build like a green screen set that looks like the inside of an AC vent. It'll be great. And I'm gonna call this the mystery of the three inch schoolboys. 
All right. So, Ben, you're visiting your local fortune teller, and the, the spirits have told you that there is a, a script waiting for you at home. And surprise, surprise, there it is. Mm-hmm. The Was it the mystery of the three-inch schoolboys? Is that yes. what it was? Yeah. Uh, so, sitting on your desk. Right. What do you think? How so, first off, that title, no, is going away. I made a list. There are 28 problems with that title. So, we're going to call it Little Caper. That one only has two problems. Sure, that and, won't confuse bagel fans. So, the second of all, you know, I just want to say, you know, happy to be working again after five years. And I don't really like some of the premise of this thing, though, about the ending about, you know, quitting and following your dreams, you know, and following like a small time job because, you know, I did that and look what happened to me. So, you know, we're going to twist the ending a little bit there. You know, they're going to find themselves comforting in their career. You know, it's like you're not being fulfilled, but well, maybe you should have been born better or something. I don't know. I think that's important for millennials to know, you know. Anyway, but that's that's going into plot. We're going to I'm going to go talk about directing this thing, you know, just to get that paycheck, which I mean in the nicest possible way. So, to get that for the secretary, she's going to be played by Alina uh Shocket, Shocket. You'd be helping you could pronounce her name before you cast her. You know what? Who cares? That's not part of my job. Just she's maybe in the arrested development, right? Well, yeah. You know, we're going to uh, need an HR person on this project, aren't we? Right. And, you know, going to do open casting for kids because, you know, um, just like browse, you know, the kid actor Craigslist or whatever it's called. <laughs> you know, just um, I'm going to only cast twins, though, because to get around the child labor laws kind of things, one of the twins can be on set while the other's at school or something. But, you know, you know, we're just going to shoot this on a green screen, get, get it really basic. You know, some of the people from the art department said we could do force perspective. But, you know, I said, like, maybe you should get a better force perspective on life and then i fired him that's kind of not here or there though so anyway uh we're gonna green screen and you know just have a quote-unquote wacky fun adventure gonna really shoot it you know pretty evenly lit light it like a comedy some wide shots and um yeah you know we'll shoot this thing in a few months and we'll all be happier all right, so we're going to throw it over to Max, our producer. So you have uh, the former draft for the mystery of three schoolboys or whatever it was, uh, which is now Little Caper. Uh, it's sort of a farcical children's caper with uh, the message that capitalism is bad. Uh, what, what do you think? Is this? Oh, no, no, I, I, I toned that down. The okay, capitalism so, is bad because yeah. I believed that and then... I couldn't afford bagels anymore. Right. So uh, it's this farcical little kids movie uh, with like a caper element to it. What do you think? Is this something that can make money? And uh, what kind of budget these guys working with? Uh, Well, I think that we can probably we can probably throw something at this. I do think that we want to take it back in the direction of the original script. The title is a definite improvement. Little Caper is definitely an improvement over the mystery of the three inch school, but whatever it was. I agree completely with every decision you're about to make. All right. Uh, I do want to take it more in in a happier direction. I mean, I ended up following my dream. I was the practical blacksmith for Aquaman, and I only had to run through two of my mutual funds to make that happen. So I really do think that chasing the dream is an important element of the world that we're living in and dealing with capitalism and everything else going forward. That said, I think I love the scenes in the air ducts. What I really want to see with that is I want to hearken back to nostalgia from some previous films. I want to do practical work, lots of puppetry, and I want to make certain that in sort of an homage to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or similar, I want to pull spiders, which are going to be, for three-inch boys, probably about the size of dogs. 
is my guess. I think that that really has legs and will pull back to some of the uh, the nostalgia that is sweeping Hollywood right now. Play straight into that. So I would say for this, including the puppetry, going to give this project a budget of maybe $12 million. Okay, so fairly low budget, simple kids movie type stuff. I'm really looking forward to seeing what the uh, what the next draft is. Okay, so we're going to throw it back over to Kyle, our writer. So you got some notes back from the studio. Uh, it sounds like they're leaning more towards the kids' angle. They're toning down the capitalism a little bit. They're uh, leaning more towards practical effects. Fairly modest, like TV movie type budget. What do you think? Yeah, so uh, some of it, I'm really sad to see my title go. Hollywood's proven that goofy titles to sound kind of sexual sell. The house with the clock in its walls has made $180 million worldwide to its $42 million budget. And it totally sounds like the house with a cock in its walls. So I'm just saying, you know, I could compromise. It could be Little Caper, colon, The Mystery of the Three Inch Schoolboys. And we could even start a franchise of Little Capers about like people getting shrunk and doing things. It, it could be a thing. We can make it into a Netflix like animated series or something. Just throwing that out there. But uh, spiders are good and kill bad. I don't want spiders to be the bad guys. I was thinking if we're, I'm totally down for a fight. A animal that's normally small becomes huge action scene because I agree that's awesome. Can it be a rat? Can we have them fight a rat? I think that because the puppetry, like the greasy fur puppetry, would be really cool. I'll write both. But my heart is in writing the rat scene, not the spider scene, and it shows on page. I'm just saying. I'm going to put as many subtle Marxist and leftist quotes and stuff that only Marxists and leftists will in the script as much. And then uh, I'm going to make sure that the main character has a poster of Gritty, the Philadelphia Flyers mascot in their bedroom. So there's no doubt about that when people watch it. And... Uh, I will bring that to set myself. I've got a whole like shelf full of gritty posters. If one gets torn, I've got more. You know, um, I would encourage for the uh, the boys to maybe be multicultural, so it's not all white boys. But that's ultimately up to the director and the studio, and leave it at that. So I don't make too many changes. I really write a romp in fight scene against the rat where they put this Rube Goldberg like trap like like the rat is a problem and they have to go like they narrowly avoid it the first time so there's that tension and release there and then they have to plan and they put up this elaborate like thing where they have a stapler and other office equipment and they make this elaborate Goldbergian thing to fight off the rat but we don't kill it because we want to piss off PETA we just scare the rat away to another part of the building and we don't want to kill an animal in a children's movie even if it's a rat. That's all I got. And I, I would love to keep the title. It's Little Caper, colon, The Mystery of the Three-Inch Boys. Schoolboys. I'm going to petition hard for that. I'll sit outside the director's office every day in a lawn chair in my gritty cosplay until he does it. All right, so Ben, some uh, dedicated devotion from your writer to specific ideas. What do you think? Is this working for you now that you've got some more detail in these plot points? Well, I just want to say that I fully agree with the more optimistic tone from my producer, and it really shows. You know, I'm just so happy to be working with practical effects and doing things that are harder to do. So that's good. I'm also changing it to Little Caper because fuck that guy. And also, this is just going to be you know, a great, great time. So, you know, I did have to hire uh, triplets, it turns out, because we have to shoot even later than I expected. So now we need three people 
uh, to keep replacing the kids. This has caused a little bit of a problem because one of the three for the oldest uh, child is a much better actor than the other two. So uh, we've kind of strategically... He has all the speaking parts. Yes, from what we could gather, except for the crying scene. Unfortunately, we didn't realize that the other one couldn't act until we filmed that. So um, hopefully <laughs> that doesn't ruin anything. Just tell him we'll like, kill a puppy or something. Isn't that what Spielberg did? So on ET, I'm already in enough trouble with children actors thing. So um, I'm not going to do that. I also am not going to release any statement about that. Um, but no, no, you know what? Everything's great. I'm just so happy to be making such a fun film. Yeah, you know, just like screw capitalism, you know, follow your dreams. You know, you too can become a really great producer someday if you were also born to rich parents and you just neglect to mention that like all the time but you know it doesn't matter you know you can make things on superhero movies okay we're sticking with the spider i think unless i hear otherwise and um because i think that's the best idea unless i hear otherwise and you know we're really having a heart you know really gonna have a heart at the end you know which where it's all gonna be about you we and just to really hammer it down you know we're having the kids talk about what their dreams are you know, like, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a doctor. And, you know, I'm filming an extra scene where you see them become a firefighter and you see them become an, a doctor. We don't have the budget to cast them as... Are a, they still small in those scenes? I, the movie machine thinks this is very important. You know what? Why not? Because, you know, that's even better. Follow your dreams, even if you've been shrunken by magical chemicals, you know? And, you know, we'll see scenes of him doing, like, three-inch surgery. They'll put on, like, one of those uh, Splunker helmets and just go down the cavity and just, like, I was like, ah, here's the bullet. Just pull it out, you know? That'll be great. Follow your dreams. All right. So it's back to our producer, Max. It's back to Little Caper again. And it looks like, you know, they're leaning into kind of like the comedy and like the heartwarming nature of this. What do you think? Is this working for you? And uh, how are you going to distribute this? We're getting better. It's it's definitely scanning as a kid's film to me. I do think the, the writer made a pretty decent idea, especially within the context of kid's film about possibly serial, serializing it. And in, in which case, I think we have a, a great idea for a, a direct sequel on the three-inch autopsy. I do actually like the idea of switching over to the rat and really playing on that nostalgia even more. I was just thinking of doing that. Even pulling that nostalgia angle a little bit further, pulling all the way to, in terms of Rube Goldbergian machines and cat catching rats, I go straight to Mousetrap. I mean, that, was, that game was, was fundamental in my childhood. And I think dropping a giant cage or net over said puppet rat could be a really great coup in uh, establishing this as a, as a cornerstone of nostalgia. I am a little confused. So I had a partner at one point who was very into essential oils and told me all about them. And I don't have, we're talking about chemicals. We're talking about essential oils. What is this? Are these, are these GMO? What's the, how is this, how is this functioning? I need some sort of explanation they're, in they're, the film They're for basically that. snake oil. That they put some, like, mystical, like, cobra blood or something in it that shrinks the kids. I don't care. <laughs> you I mean, it's hokey science. They could just have some horrible, or maybe to save money, they found some nuclear waste to put in the essential oils, and that's what happened. They're saving money by putting nuclear waste into the essential oils? Yeah, because there's just nuclear waste laying around in some lot somewhere that they own, and they just put it, they add it to some lavender oil and sell it, and it glows green, and they call it, like, the main green or something. I don't care. Cool. Sold. Fine. 
They're not regulated. They can literally put anything in them. They could literally sell you nuclear waste right. because they're not regulated. Okay, yeah, she worked for a small distributor. Anyway, distribution, I think we're going to be looking at streaming services on this one. I think this is, this is a thing that parents are going to want to put on for their kids to watch at home. All right, so I'm going to put everything into the movie machine and pull the lever, uh, which sounds like a shrinking ray. Uh, the movie machine comes back. Little Caper is... It does okay. You guys get picked up by Pure Flix, because Netflix doesn't want it. Pure Flix is, for those of you who don't know, uh, PG and G only streaming service aimed at uh, white Christian conservatives. And it is... You do fine. It's a regular paycheck. You know, every once in a while you get the residuals for that, but it's it's certainly not the same as if you got into theaters and everything. Uh, you do get a celebrity superfan in the form of Nathan Lane, who was in the 1997 film Mouse Hunt. And it takes him back to his days working on set uh, with all of the, the slapstick and sight gags, them trying to catch this mouse and destroying their home. I'm not the only one uh, who remembered that. Yeah. I also remember that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and he, he talks about it, and he has this great, you know, YouTube video that gets quite a few views where he's talking about watching it with his kids and how it took him back and all that kind of stuff. So there is that. Uh, relatively straightforward no no like product deals or anything with this no long-term side effects just hey this is kind of neat all right see ya. unlike essential oils <laughs> right <laughs> but the movie machine is magic you do have time to to go back and make a last minute change or make a drastic change if you wish or you can call it art and walk away or you can do something else whatever movie machine doesn't care it's just a machine so beginning with our writer kyle it's taking notes that you've insulted his feelings in in what way i just you said it, it doesn't it does. do it's just a machine it's more than a machine and it's crying now but it doesn't care what we think that's what you think. Don't argue with the writer. All right. He's just bitter because he got erased from time and space. See this previous episode for details. So as an artist, all you really want to do is make an impact on the world. And I think I have a real opportunity to make one of the greatest impacts in human history. With it being on clean flicks and it primarily being right flicks, pure flicks, whatever, clean <laughs> flicks, pure flicks, shit flicks, I don't care. I'm literally getting into Red America's living room. And I already have my leftist message subtly put in there. So I'm going to encourage and put some more subliminal messages and stuff like that. I have a chance to change generation for the better. We can arise, pull the shackles from the industrial complex, grind the poor into sausage and make a delicious, delicious sausage like fest of you know the future that is the workers um i'm gonna work with clean flicks to make more movies since this did well and all of them we're gonna take the basis of plots and most vanilla shit because that's what those people eat up you know guns are good and blah 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 but all of them will be crammed with my leftist pro-labor message and i'm gonna brainwash the next generation of right-wing kids and maybe we'll save the fucking world everyone loves horses in church <laughs> That's my goal. I'm going to try and fix the uh, right-wing generation, the under-20s in the right-wing. And I think I can do it. I have the vessel. It is clean flicks or pure flicks, whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> you're going to have to learn it if you're going to work with them. or else I, I will learn it, out. and I will, I will get a lot of pastel plaid short sleeve shirts to wear to meetings with them with, <laughs> with khaki cargo pants and, and boat shoes. So I really fit the part of the kind of person they're looking for. All right, so Ben, what mm. do you think? 
So uh, was my paycheck a flat rate or do I get a percentage based on the profits? You get residuals. So you, you get a flat rate at the beginning, but then you get end up with residuals. Okay. Initial pay is fairly low, but you get a, a monthly paycheck that's also fairly low. All right. Well, I guess I'm... <laughs> I guess I'm still involved in this then. All right. I mean, uh, I'm so glad to be involved with this then. Ha ha ha. You know, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised that Netflix didn't want this because I've seen the things they put on there. So, um, but you know, I guess they don't just automatically take every single film that gets sent to them. You know what? W- what else is on PureFlix? Just nothing you've never heard of. Okay. There's some movie with, with Keanu Reeves that's very... Sure. You know what? Really you know what? Nathan God. Lane... You know what? I'm just going to target Nathan Lane more, okay? <laughs> so, you know, we're going to just put, like, references to every movie he's been in. You know, have a shot footage from the producers and, you know, um, the new producers one and uh, Lion King. And just, like, specifically target him. Hopefully that will make him watch the movie more. Because, you know, I don't know any of these other people who are watching this. The streaming service, they don't tell me who is watching it. So I can't, I don't know how to target people. You know, like anyone could be watching this stuff. I mean, you at home could be watching it right now and I wouldn't know. So you know what? Just Nathan Lane, we're going to make him buy the movie twice. He's going to buy two subscriptions to this just to watch it more. All right. So back to Max. Uh, What do you think about all this has turned out? And is there anything you want to change? I'm pretty satisfied with it. I mean, it's sometimes... Me too. I feel like with the creative team that we had on this particular project, we we turned out a pretty a pretty decent product. And uh, I mean, you win some, you lose some. This is a, this is straight in the middle of the road. It has not really achieved the success that I had hoped for or the recognition. But you know, there's always another mutual fund. Oh, that that must be really nice to just have money that you can bounce back from failures. You know, that, that, that's great. Don't you have these funds? What? Ha 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 ha. Back to the forge. All right. So uh, not a whole lot changes. Uh, Kyle is uh, eventually fired, though he does manage to get uh, a deeply socialist film onto to Pureflix. What was the name of that film, Kyle? It's called uh, Breaking the Chains of Blood. It was a little too heavy-handed. Okay, yeah. But it does stay up on the, the site for a while, and eventually it becomes enough of a, a meme that uh, the people there actually notice it. Like, they don't normally pay attention to, like, any kind of internet culture. I should have named my, my protagonist the Marx Brothers. Yeah. It was a little too obvious. Yeah, but that's okay. Overall, things things go about the same. You still make the, the same amount of money. Nathan Lane contacts you to try and start like a clothing line based around it, but it turns out <laughs> PureFlix owns the license and they don't want to do it. So he just like hand makes these t-shirts and he has like the like the gel that you squeeze out of a bottle like written with like character names and shit on it. So that's that's entertaining and the internet likes Nathan Lane being a weirdo. Uh, so there you have it, folks. Another episode of The Movie Machine. This has been Little Caper. We're going to end today's episode, as we always do, with a quote of wisdom from our patron saint, Jaden Smith. (laughs) I am not a human, and I don't speak English. Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) Oh, I have the summary of the number one movie currently on Clean Flicks, if you'd like to hear that. On Pure Flix, even? Or, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Pure Flix. No it's called The Grace Card, starring Lou Gossett Jr. Ugh. From 2010. When Mac McDonald 
really, Mac McDonald, loses his son in an accident. The ensuing 17 years of bitterness and pain leaves him angry with almost everyone, including God. Things become heated when Mac is partnered with Sam Wright, a rising star in the police force who happens to be a part-time pastor. Really? Can Sam and Mac somehow join forces, or is it nearly impossible for either of them to look past their differences? One's white, one's black. In case you weren't sure. Still recording? Yeah.